0: In today's brief exchange, a reflection on the musical Hamilton leads to a conversation about whether or not we have a right to comfort.
1: This is Jews Talk
0: Racial Justice with April and Tracy. A weekly show hosted by April Baskin and Tracy Guy Decker. In a complex world, change takes courage. Wholehearted relationships can keep us accountable.
1: So you're saying you have this friend.
0: Yeah, so I have this friend from synagogue who adores live theater. It's her primary hobby is watching she like has subscriptions to all the theaters and she just really likes it so we've seen a few things together and she's told me about things and um I've seen some really really powerful plays because she said you should go see this um anyway we were talking about Hamilton probably a year ago uh I first saw it when it came to Baltimore and then I, we started talking about it and I mean, it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant show. Um, and there are things that are amazing about it. It it has allowed, um, so many actors of color to be showcased in not stereotyped roles. Um, and the music is amazing and all those things. And, but anyway, this friend of mine who is a white Jew said to me, you know, I also really loved it when I saw it. And, there's something that makes me uncomfortable and I don't know what it is, but if this many white people are this excited about it, there must be something that's like not quite where it needs to be. Mm. And I mean, she said it kind of to make me laugh, but there also, it felt like there was some wisdom in that, which is, yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) which is kind of what I'm reacting to in this um, impulse of this. um, You were telling me this, a fellow who told you he wished that all that black lives matter had used somehow different language that would be easier to stomach. Um, And so my reaction is kind of like this synagogue friends, like, yeah, but if white people are super comfortable with it, then will it actually make change?
1: Yeah. And uh, no, there really is something to that, Tracy. In fact, I, if I remember correctly, Toni Morrison really uh, detested the play so much so that she commissioned, um, a contradictory
0: play to be to be made. Right. That's right. I haven't seen that. Um, so that play was called the haunting of Lin-Manuel Miranda, <laughs> which I, I haven't, I'm, I, I only know the name of it and the fact that Tony Morrison commissioned it, but, um, I have heard and read other critique that it, uh, it glosses over a lot of racism and slaveholding. And I mean, um, David Diggs in the original cast played, um, Jefferson, um, and also Lafayette, but he played Thomas Jefferson. And there is a line about, you know, where he talks to Sally Hemings briefly in the show, in one of his, um, in his first song, Jefferson's first song in the, in the play. Um, and there is some critique where, through Hamilton's voice, um, Lin-Manuel Miranda critiques um, Jefferson and Madison's slaveholding. But um, it, Washington kind of gets a pass, and um, even Hamilton's abolitionism is, I, I understand, kind of exaggerated in the play um, compared to his, what, what was in his life. Yeah, and it's also like super catchy and I love the music it's right it comes back to that like classic debate about the art and the artist and the sort of larger or larger critiques not the word I'm looking for context larger context um comes back to that again uh, which I bump up against regularly um as a consumer of art and culture you know sort of Every time I learn something new about Picasso, for instance, um, I, I I want to cancel him. And yet he was so influential and whatever. So, you know, finding a way to, to be uh, both and well, instead of either or.
1: And threads coming up
0: in our conversation here, Tracy,
1: there's like the thread that you just said relating to cancel culture that I've been thinking about over the last week and at what mean that isn't the right word because that's the dynamic that's happening, but specifically for me, the discernment about at what point, because there are certain points where someone has hurt, the degree they've hurt other people, the number of times, the veracity of the accusations, different components, because I notice at times there are certain artists where I've either heard rumors or seen certain things that have either been addressed or not. And that's a concern and I wouldn't want to socialize with them, but it's not at the level that either an artist or a leader that it it makes – it's worth the loss of what they've created. And yeah. there are other times where it's very clear to me, like since I was young, as soon as I first learned about things happening with R. Kelly, I right. stopped engaging with his music. Like I've never been very public about it, but literally it – because people often love that song at and, and my Black family reunions of Step in the Name of Love. And I will s- politely sit down every time. No one's ever asked me. I didn't make a big scene, but I'm literally like – I. I, I don't, I can't celebrate to this. Right. Right. And not that I have vilified R. Kelly, but there's just too many years of unaddressed. It's clear to me that likely he was profoundly hurt and abused. And there's just too much egregious violations. Like I, I can't do it anymore. Right. But I I get off track. The point is, or not, but I you know, that was a rabbit hole, but to me, there's so many different threads here. There's specifically the parts of Hamilton. I haven't, I haven't actually seen it. It's like this joke um, where my roommate invited me this summer. I think it was the summer it came out and the tickets were, there were tickets for $200 to see the show. And I thought, Oh, I'll wait till they go down. (laughs) it was like i didn't realize how rare it was to have two tickets where like her other friends couldn't go and so she had an extra ticket and and little did i know that that was gonna be yeah Yeah. a really great shit and that you know that that there's gonna be so so (laughs) so oops my bad So we could look more deeply into, uh, you know, and discuss specifically the specifics of Hamilton. And then to me, there's also just a broader, and there's the theme that we have going here around comfort and how valid is something if it's extremely comfortable. And and to me, you know, because I really strive to bring as much love and reassurance and comfort into my work as possible. I, I think the distinction or like the nuance that I would add to your statement, because I think there is validity in it of your friend, of your friend's joke and you sort of asserting that you think that that, that is valid, is um, if masses of white people, right? Like the, generally the white folks who I tend to work with in addition to the people of color I work with are people who at one level or another are already deeply committed or engaged to a certain extent or are on a pathway toward that versus the masses of people who still largely operate unconsciously and, um, in racist, implicit and explicit racist ways in daily life. Mm -hmm. Right. So to me, there's a distinction there because I, I, find for me, because I notice that certain educators, um, whether they're people of color or white, at times seem to actively that th- they um, are averse to comfort. That they think comfort is sort of like the the enemy. And in general, I much prefer like a stretch zone and and pushing and and striving and being engaged. But I think that. Um, anyway, so there's a whole, like an interesting thing there for me to around, around that.
0: And I think that, um, I guess I, I hear that. And that definitely is part of your genius is bringing joy to the work. And, um, you know, you counter the myth that you have to be miserable <laughs> in order to work for justice. And that's one of the things I love about you. Um, yeah. and, um, and i feel like you're right there's there it's always nuance and discernment because there's a line there's a line and there's um it's it's a both and right because i think that the component of white supremacy culture about this is this right to comfort and therefore if something makes me uncomfortable it must be wrong um that's the thing that needs to be countered um that there's that that we're somehow entitled to comfort And therefore someone who makes us uncomfortable is actually harming us. Um, Mm -hmm. That, that, that is a false, uh, a a false narrative, a false assumption. Um, So I think that's, that's part of it. And then, oh, my brain, I can't, I grab, I, I, (laughs) there's this great idea and I'm like, I'm going to say, I really want to bring this up. And then I lose it again. Um. I hope what I have isn't contagious. (laughs) Maybe the tables have
1: turned in this conversation. Let's all enjoy April's linear mind for the
0: day. (laughs) I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh so hard. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Our show's theme music was composed by Elliot Hammer. You can find this track and other beats on Instagram at Elliot Hammer. If this episode resonated with you, please share it and subscribe. To join the conversation, visit juicetalkracialjustice.com, where you can send us a question or suggestion, access our show notes, and learn more about our team. Take care until next time, and stay humble and keep going.